Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 46 is entitled Letters of John to the Seven Churches, Titles of Christ, Part 2. In the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, Christ is called by at least 35 titles, some strengthened by repetition. The reason is simple. The central figure in the book of Revelation is Christ. If you take your eyes off the Savior, you will lose the meaning of the book. The book of Revelation begins with Christ and ends with Christ. In this podcast, we shall look at the rest of the chapters of the book of Revelation, comprising chapters 4 through 22, which takes us to a different level. Some titles are repeated by John. Repetition is often accompanied by rich variation. The new information is always in the variation or differences, be they ever so slight. Also, in the last podcast, I mentioned that the most emphatic positions were the beginning and the end. For example, you will find the titles of Christ concentrated in chapters 1 through 3 and 19 through 22. We are given the following titles of Christ in the middle chapters, comprising chapters 5 through 18. 1. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Revelation 4, 8. 2. Him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Revelation 4, 9. 3. Him that sat on the throne. Revelation 5, 1. 4. The Lamb. Revelation 5, 8. 5. The Living God. Revelation 7, 2. 6. The God of the Earth. Revelation 11.4 7. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation 13.8 8. Lord God Almighty. Revelation 16.7 9. The God of Heaven. Revelation 16.11 10. Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Revelation 17.14 11. The Lord God. Revelation 18.8 All titles but three above are repeated in the beginning and ending chapters. The three unique titles are The Living God, Revelation 7.2 The God of the Earth, Revelation 11.4 And The God of Heaven, Revelation 18.8 All of which are strongly implied in the opening and closing chapters. Among other things, the titles of Christ teach us the scope of His power. He is God of both heaven and of earth, the temporal and the spiritual, and above all, He is the living God, which is inherent not only in the vivid description of the resurrected Lord, but also in His return, as depicted so amazingly in the following verse. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Revelation 21, 1-3 Such a scripture illustrates what the titles mean about being a living God, the God of the earth, and the God of heaven. It is fun to listen, or of course to read the titles and contemplate their meaning. 
Each title allows us to see the Savior in a new light. It was Isaiah who said, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Isaiah 28, 10. It is our lot to learn here a little and there a little. The great John fainted when he saw Christ in his glory. John described his experience this way. And when I saw him, I fell down at his feet as dead. But Christ was merciful and introduced himself with one of his most important titles. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. The last chapters are my favorite. I read them over and over trying to visualize heaven. The problem I have, however, is comprehension. When I read the final chapters of Revelation, it is like lighting a candle to reveal the brightness of the sun. And even then, when I close the book, the candle goes out, and only when I read it again am I able to partially visualize it. In chapter 19 we read, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. In the above we are given three titles. I am the Lord our God. I am the Lord God omnipotent. I am, and he that was called faithful and true. Now, while still in chapter 19, let's look at something very unique. It is both familiar and unfamiliar. Familiar in that you have heard it before. Unfamiliar in that, like most parallelism in the Holy Bible, it is repetition with significant variation. Remember in Revelation chapter 1, you had that amazing description of Christ. Linda, would you read that again for us? And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Revelation 1, 13-16 Compare that description of Christ from chapter 1 with a similar description found in chapter 19. Particularly note the differences, for that is exactly what John intended us to do. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, 
that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 19, 11-16 First notice the descriptive titles. I am called Faithful and True. I am called the Word of God. I am Almighty God. I am King of Kings. I am Lord of Lords. Those titles sound familiar. Therefore, let's take a closer look at the images, comparing the description of Christ in chapter 1 with the description of Christ in chapter 19. For, through the use of parallelism, that is exactly what John expects us to do. To understand John the prophet, we must also understand John the poet. First, let's look at the similarities. Chapter 1. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Chapter 19. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. Now let's look at the differences. Chapter 1. One like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Chapter 19 On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name was called the Word of God. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. In the first description, the images are all benign, much like the description Paul gave of the risen Lord when Paul was converted on the road to Damascus. The second description, however, is significantly different with the emphasis on war. On his head were many crowns, which suggests power. He was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, which suggests war. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. Which suggests punishment. We know, for example, that the rod of iron is the word of God. In other words, the commandments of God. Commandments carry both a blessing if obeyed and a punishment if disobeyed, as we learned in the letters to the seven churches. Here we are given to understand that Christ will exact the curse or the punishment. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. In the first description, Christ had the seven stars in his hand, which suggested protection. Here he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. In other words, he exacts vengeance on the wicked. Now we come to the juxtaposition of opposites, called antithetical parallelism. There are two feasts or suppers organized by Christ, both described in Revelation 19. The first feast is the one that we all want to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, 
clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Revelation 19, 7-9 The second feast, or supper, no one would want to attend who had any understanding of the scripture. It is called the Supper of the Great God. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Revelation nineteen seventeen through 21 The scriptures are not squeamish. Now let's look again at the titles that at first sounded so familiar. But if you think they are alike, you have been mistaken. In chapter 1 of Revelation, Jesus is referred to as Lord, Prince of the Kings of the Earth, Almighty. Now the new titles of Christ are Lord of Hosts, King of Kings, Almighty God. The differences are subtle, but very revealing. The purpose of a title is to set one apart, to describe one's powers, attributes, authorities, positions, purposes, assignments, and so on. We can learn much from Christ's titles. In chapter 1 of Revelation, he was called Lord. Now he is called Lord of Lords. Before he was called King. Now he is called King of Kings. Before he was called God. Now he is called Almighty God. Why have the titles changed? The titles have changed because Christ's position has changed. Christ was always God always Lord and always King. He carried those titles with him when he came to earth. Now, however, we are dealing with a resurrected Lord. He has now fulfilled his mission. He overcame Satan in the wilderness. He suffered for our sins in Gethsemane. He died for us on the cross of Calvary, and he came forth from the tomb. He has redeemed us from the fall. In chapter 1, the resurrected Lord reveals to John that now our titles also have changed. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Revelation 1, 6. Those who worship him are made kings and priests. The purpose of the seven letters is to establish who we may become. Some of the promises to those who remain faithful are, I will give thee a crown of life. To him will I give power over the nations. I will give him the morning star. The same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will write upon him my new name. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne?
Those are just some of the promises Christ has made to him that overcometh. In other words, they will be kings, priests, lords, and gods, and Christ will be King of kings, Lord of lords, Almighty God. His new titles describe not only who he is, but also show his relationship to those who inherit his kingdom and live in the new Jerusalem with him. Christ is established in his own titles as well as the new titles of those who inherit the celestial kingdom with him. In addition, he is established in his position over them. He will always be the ruling God, but because of his redeeming power, he is now God among gods. That is the message to the seven churches. Lucifer was not content simply being a god among other gods. The four titles that Lucifer coveted most were Lord of Hosts, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Almighty God. In Genesis we read, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. Genesis 2.1 Moses is talking about the premortal existence. All the host of them refers to all the spirit children of God. We were all first created spiritually in heaven. In other words, we were given spirit bodies in the image of God. We are the host. The Lord of hosts means that Christ is Lord of us all. Lucifer wanted to usurp the throne of Christ. The war in heaven was fought by Lucifer that he may become the Lord of hosts and displace Christ. We read in Isaiah, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 12-14 The book of Revelation establishes who Christ is and who we may become if we overcome the natural man and endure to the end. The seven letters are about forgiveness of sins and hope. In the letters, serious sins are listed, but the primary message is that all can be forgiven if we repent and receive the promises of eternal life with Him. In other words, those who were invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb were made kings and priests unto God and His Father but the glory and dominion over us goes to Christ forever and ever. On the other hand, those who are invited to attend the supper of the great God, well, theirs is a different tale to tell, a very sad tale. They are the ones who rejected Christ. For economy's sake, let's turn to the final chapter of the book of Revelation for the final two titles. I, Jesus, have sent mine angels to testify unto these things in the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. The primary message of the book of Revelation is that we must stay focused on Christ and make Him our center. Notice His final invitation. This invitation is to everyone. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, 
God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Revelation twenty-two sixteen through 21 At the center of everything is Christ. Those who follow Christ will reign with him during the millennium. Those who follow Christ will receive all the blessings promised to the seven churches and inherit the celestial kingdom with him. Those who make Christ their center will live with him in the new Jerusalem forever. The message of the book of Revelation is that without Christ, there is no safety. With Christ, there is no fear. The invitation to come to Christ is to everyone. The message is that everyone can repent and be saved in the kingdom of God with Christ if they choose to keep God's commandments. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.